Welcome to the Giraffes United podcast. This is the first episode of this podcast. My name is Will. And my name is Tom. And we are juniors at Duxbury High School. Today on the show, we will be talking about the Red Scare and the Palmer Raids. Now, Will, you have a personal connection to these events, don't you? Yes, Tom. My great-grandfather experienced these events. But before we talk to him, let's give a little background. Definitely. These are some pretty exciting events, so grab a snack, sit back, and prepare to learn. Okay, let's start with the Red Scare. So we are in the year 1917, after the Russian Revolution. Now, Tom, you're an expert on the Russian Revolution. What happened? Well, Will, in short, the Red Army, or the Communists, seized control over Russia when they won a civil war over the White Army, which was anti-communist. After this revolution, Americans got very paranoid that there were similar communists lurking in America, which led to an event called the Red Scare. The name originates from the Red Army or the Communists, so Red Scare is afraid of the Communists and afraid of Communist revolts in general. Okay, so let's look at a primary source. This is a political political cartoon from 1919 that depicts Uncle Sam on an American ship that is headed for a red iceberg, which will sink the ship. So this cartoon was meant to turn the citizens against the Communists in America because it was depicting the Communists kind of sinking the Americans. That's pretty cool. And obviously, the U.S. government was trying to avoid a communist revolution on American soil at all costs. So in 1917, they introduced the Espionage Act, which basically made it illegal for anyone to give information that interfered with the U.S. Army or supported anything that America's enemies were doing. They then expanded on this with the Sedition Act in 1918. This act simply enhanced the Espionage Act. If anyone even uttered a single word that would infringe the Espionage Act, uh, then they would be they would be punished. This was the government's way of monitoring radicals, and it allowed them to, in their view, have a reason to target people who criticized the government. Many say that this goes against freedom of speech, but this paranoia was real. In 1919, several bombs targeted the government officials were discovered. These bombs killed several people and enraged the government, which ultimately led to the Palmer Raids. But before we get into the Palmer Raids, let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever been riding down a street with the boys, completely exhausted from pedaling, falling behind in the pack, and losing a sense of pride? Well, look no further. The Super 73 Z1 electric motorbike with a 36-volt lithium-ion battery and a 500-watt rehab motor and a full throttle will get you there. For only $13.99, the Super e-bike will make you a hero among the boys. Or among the girls. That looks like a quality bicycle. Now back to the Pomerades. Yes, so the year is 1919. The President of the United States is Woodrow Wilson, and the Attorney General is Alexander Mitchell Palmer, hence the name Palmer Raids. General Palmer began to support the anti-communist cause because he wanted to prove that he could be a strong leader and ultimately hoped to obtain the Democratic nomination for the upcoming presidential election. With this in mind, Palmer made his first 200 arrests in New York City. A little over a month later, Palmer deported 249 radicals to Russia. However, the most significant of the raids was yet to come, and on January 2nd, 1920, thousands of individuals were arrested in over 30 different cities. The total number of people arrested was estimated to be between 3,000 and 10,000. One of the people who was arrested on that day was Gerald. Hello, my name's Gerald. And he is joining us on the podcast today. 
Gerald, what is your account of that day you were arrested? Oh, I remember as if it was yesterday. It was a cloudy Friday and I was at work in a shoe factory in New York City. Like myself, many of the workers in this particular factory were Russian immigrants. At some time during the late afternoon, a large group of armed government officials busted open the factory doors and began to arrest people. Even though I was only 13 years old, they still arrested me. Sounds terrifying, Gerald. In an essay, General Palmer wrote, This is no place for the criminal to flourish, nor will he do so long as the rights of common citizenship can be exerted to prevent him. Do you feel that the government abused their power in order to prevent so-called criminals from living in the U.S.? Definitely. We were doing no harm, just simply helping our family make money in America. Thank you, Gerald. We're going to take some time for a commercial break. Great work, Gerald. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using ladies' scented body wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing that you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamonds. Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. Old Spice. The man your man can smell like. Wow, I gotta get some of that. Okay, Gerald. Back to history. You were exactly right about the government having no cause to arrest you. And that's why the New Majority newspaper called it a reign of terror within the United States and said the raids were just to prevent peaceful change. And furthermore, that's why General Palmer lost the race for Democratic nominee when he lost support. Well, let's end this episode with a joke. A pirate walks into a bar and it was at that moment that he realized that his patch was on the wrong eye. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Giraffes United Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. This episode was sponsored by Giraffes.